Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today we have Netflix 196th film from 2019. It's the Christmas rom-com drama Holiday Rush. It's directed by Leslie Small and it stars Romany Malko, Sonequa Martin-Green and Dion Cole. I'm Jesse and the smell of metal on the mic gets me going. I'm with MJ. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, Jesse. Very oh. nice. I got nothing to say on that. That was good. That was a line from this film. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case, David. <laughs> I don't know. If you had have said it, I probably been like, "What are you on about?" Oh, <laughs> um, it would have it would have been a weird thing for you to say. Oh, not as weird if, if it wasn't from the movie, but I, I like it. I respect it. It's, we're straight into Holiday Rush. That's yeah, I'm just actually saying that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Good, good, good. I'm, I mean, we're getting towards the end of these Christmas films for 2019, so. As we've mentioned, it's it is like it's cold where we live. It's very cold, but um, watching Christmas movies in the middle of the year. <laughs> it is weird, but maybe it's what we need. Like we don't get like these this this movie specifically was covered in snow, so yeah. this was about cold weather. So that part of it was relatable. Normally, if we're watching this in the middle of December and it's thirty five degrees Celsius over <laughs> here, we, we, we're watching people in the snow where we're losing that side of it. So there's something there. It's true. Well, uh, we, we like to start our show off with the fast flicks with our quick little summary of the film. What's your fast flicks for Holiday Rush? Well, I've missed the brief a little bit because this isn't terribly fast. So just bear with me. I didn't realize, but it's a bit wordy and it's not nice. But anyway, Holiday Rush, a uh, single dad of four who is who's killing it as a DJ in New York, loses his job just before Christmas and needs to find a way to keep his spoiled kids happy and keep his head above water financially. Nice, good. Um, I think a lot going on. It's it's very hard. There is a lot going on in this movie to put it all together. Short. It's it's hard. Um, I've said a radio presenter loses his job and needs to discover Christmas cheer to reunite his family's values. Ah, uh, heaps better. Heaps better. Love it. That's a movie I want to watch. Well, good. Well, hopefully uh, you did want to watch this, and we'll get to that soon. But this one, uh, we talk about movie and how it's put together. This was really, really hard to find absolutely anything about this film. I'll tell you what. I don't I'm know so glad you said that. I mean, my, my one thing that I've got, and I'm hoping you don't have this, I'm like really scraping the barrel. This is John Legend's second Netflix original film. Because <laughs> he had the so, solo start and then he was in between two films. <laughs> if you look, good guess, if you look at the trivia on IMDb, which I do love to look at, and we've talked about before, some of them are quite funny. All it's got in the trivia is basically every cast member and whether it's like their first or second Christmas film that they've done. <laughs> I guess it's somewhat interesting, but look, I, I had a lot of trouble. Uh, I almost gave up. I almost did it like a dummy spit and gave up just Googling away, trying to find anything about this movie. But for, this movie just feels like it just appeared one day and they didn't film it. They didn't do anything. It just, it just appeared and Netflix put it on their, uh, on their slate. But it was a movie that was written by Sean Dwyer and, and Greg Cope White. Uh, Leslie Small, uh, who was the director, basically sh- shared this this vision um, of of the screenplay, and Netflix were on board to tell this story. They all kind of came together, and a big appeal for the for the two stars, um, Romani Malko and Sonika Martin Green, was that it had layers. And this is this is direct 
you know, from interviews with them, I saw it had layers beyond just a, a stereotypical Christmas movie. And, and those themes really resonated with them. And that's why they wanted to, to take on these roles. And I think it was also a great opportunity to have the black community represented in a Christmas movie. Uh, and Netflix was, was applauded from, from things I saw for supporting that. But apart from that, there wasn't, there wasn't much interesting about this film. It was filmed in New York. Um, and then it was it was released. I don't even know when it was filmed. I can't even tell you that, Jesse. But um, it was it was released on the twenty eighth of November in, in twenty nineteen, just in time for Christmas. Yeah, it was actually released on Netflix in Brazil a week earlier, which was weird. I don't know, ah. I just, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it's it was nominated for three awards. I saw that. Uh, all for the the twins, the the young little daughters of our main protagonist. So. The Skyline Performer Awards for Best Performance in a Feature Film for the girls. And then they also were nominated individually at the Young Entertainer Awards for Best Supporting Actress. So, um, okay. yeah, yeah, very good. Um, the tagline for this one, did you see the tagline? You know what? I did. I was, I was oh, looking no. at the, I know, I know. I was looking at the poster and obviously the tagline was on the poster. I did read it, but please, please do tell us. That's horrendous. It's um, <laughs> their Christmas fell apart. T-H-E-I-R and then they're keeping it together T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E See you know why like uh, it wasn't great but you know why I particularly didn't like it because they weren't keeping it together he was trying to keep it together they were were doing an awful job at keeping it together like a pathetic job So true so true Um, yeah it just doesn't fit doesn't fit at all Yeah. Um, Yeah had a lot of fun with the translations for this one it's been a okay, while but the translations for this one were really really fun um in spanish and italian and italian, italian it was <laughs> called christmas crazy christmas so okay talk about <laughs> christmas this one was actually probably um my favorite out of all of them I really like this one this is in brazil so in portuguese it was called christmas is in the air as in like radio broadcast air i really oh, like yeah. that one i thought that was oh, really yeah good. um that's great in greek it was called In the Rhythm of Christmas. Sure. Uh, Hungry. It was just called The True Joy of Christmas. I can't tell you anything about this film at yeah. all. But you'd probably um, watch it if you're just looking for a film to watch. This one's very blatant about the plot, but not worth Like, doesn't come across very well. In Poland, it's called Holidays Are Not Rich. <laughs> that, one, <laughs> that was quite funny. Um, Russia, it was called Holiday Fever. And in Vietnam, they've just called it Russia's Christmas. <laughs> That's... His Christmas story. So, uh, yeah, I had a bit of fun with those. Well, the English translation isn't, or the English title isn't that far off that because it's called Holiday Rush. And, like, Rush is the name of the main character. It would be good if there was, like, a bit, like, it doesn't feel rushed. Like, I, I know that they've got, a, they've given themselves a bit of a timeline to get things back up and running, but it was more just trying to deal with things as opposed to, you know, having, like, a ticking clock to get things done. So it's a pretty weak title in that sense too. I had, I had this for the, um, when we was, but have questions, but like, I thought the naming the, the film or maybe naming the character Rush was a bit on the nose because his job is, and in, in America it's called Rush Hour. So it's like his, his radio shows during Rush Hour. And then they're like rushing to get back on the air. And then like the rush for Christmas, I just thought it was way too much. Too many um, rushes. Too many rushes. Too many rushes. Way too many rushes. Uh, what was his real name? Because it wasn't Rush. They said it like once or twice. Yeah. It was um, like, didn't even bother. It's like Rashid it. or something. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are the critics saying in the audiences about this one? Not many people have watched this one, Jesse. It's a very small one. My wife actually watched it last year when she went on a big mm. Christmas binge. 
Um, she was my only letterbox match <laughs> that had watched it. It's a 4.9 out of 10 on IMDb, only 2,700 ratings there, uh, and a 2.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd, just under 2,000 ratings there. So not a huge amount of ratings, not a great score, probably what you'd sort of expect for this kind of film, though it's not like it's sitting in a horrible number, but it uh, could be a lot better. Yeah, I, um, I did my notes for this movie a couple of weeks ago, and then I went last night just to check again to see how much it had changed. So I think on Letterboxd, three people have logged it in three weeks, and one of those would have been you. So, so uh-uh. out of the whole world, <laughs> another two people watched it. And then um, IMDb, um, I think, yeah, two, two more people had watched it in a couple of weeks. So um, it's interesting to see. A couple of people have decided to watch a Christmas film in the middle of the year. I was going to say, yeah, to the film's credit, like it's uh, not the time to watch Holiday Rush. No, nah, and the audience uh, percentage on Rotten Tomatoes actually went up 1% in the, in the couple oh, of right. weeks. So it sits at 46% on less than 50. Uh, the critics, there's only five critics that had got on this one. It sits at Rotten on 40%. So, I think, so that uh, means two over- of those five critics were like, yep, this is fresh. Yeah. True. It's crazy to think that if one more critic said that was good, then it goes, it just flips. Like, I know that it, it needs a certain amount to yeah. actually, yeah. Never going to get certified based on five reviews. Very true. Very true. <laughs> certified is oh, what I was looking for. What, what are your early thoughts on this one? I mean, it, it was it was pretty pretty nothing most of the way through and wasn't without its, its cringy moments that you sort of expect, but it actually really did grow on me. And I'm going to go as far as saying that I thought it came home pretty strong. I think... I think they completely overshot the the ungrateful kids thing. Like, I get it. They're spoiled. You're trying to change that behavior, but you just did it too much. Um, but I do actually think it did a really good job of capturing the spirit of Christmas and the importance of family. And it made me think of how I want to spend my Christmas. So those parts of it have actually did well, but the movie still has tons of flaws. I don't even know if I need to say anything. We're, we're like on the same page. Okay. Really like... And this isn't going to sound weird now, but I was like, this is going to sound weird and maybe not make sense because I hated this for like 99% of the movie, mm. but then I enjoyed the end. <laughs> but yeah, I still, it was, when I look back on it, I'm like, it still wasn't great. <laughs> that's that, Yeah. All right. We are very aligned. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, the, it, yeah we'll, we'll talk about it. Let, let's talk about the characters. <laughs> that let's, is, let's hey, we're going to spoil the film too, by the way. Yeah. Good call. Spoil it. Pause. If you want to become like the 2000th person in the world to watch this. Um, <laughs> characters hit us off. All right, Rush Williams. I don't really know what to say about him. If I'm perfectly honest, I don't. I don't actually know whether he was a good good guy or not because he he relied so much um, on the support of, of Roxy from a work perspective and Arnie Joe from a family perspective, and it kind of felt like he didn't really do a heap of heavy lifting in either of those spaces. Um, I don't doubt that he, he cared. Like he cared a lot for, for you know his job and his kids, and I, I suppose he did try on both ends. But I don't know how I feel about this guy being the title character in a movie where everything that he did was more or less managed by the two two women in his life, um, and I just never saw him doing heaps to change those two you know tough situations he was in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> The, the, I agree. The the carrying or the weight carrying was definitely through Joe and through Roxy. And I mean, I think he was comfortable with his success. So obviously that he's like that successful DJ. You've got that 
traumatic backstory of the wife passing away and he provides those monetary advantages for the kids but obviously he's absent meaning those other two have to step yeah. in so um I, th- I felt really weird that he came across as pretty arrogant and um a little bit into himself and it was just like this one little moment where they were in the the new studio and he sort of turns around with an idea for himself on turns around with roxy and says cool let's let's do no ads and then it was like he was a different character and <laughs> there wasn't any progression in that change it was just like cool this is a light bulb moment now i'm going to take that journey to be a better father and help my kids to adjust to life without the mom and you know a new partner and less money and all this sort of stuff so it was it was like cool we're in the middle of the movie here's the switch and let's go from yeah there. And that light bulb moment was also they had their hands forced by it as well. It wasn't like it was true. a genius yeah, idea. True. true. That's super true. <laughs> All right. Who else? I think like Roxy, we'll go to Roxy next. Roxy was, was, was an absolute gift really because like Roxy doesn't feel close to being a real person to me because she was basically perfect. You know, the perfect co-worker completely carried Rush to what appeared to be pretty good heights. Uh, for some reason, she was also in love with him, became like the ultimate love interest for a guy who was juggling four kids. And that, that's okay. This is a Christmas movie. You're allowed to enjoy a character who is a little bit larger than life, but it's hard not to ignore, you know, and kind of wonder why she's doing all this. Like, we, I, don't, I don't see a reason. I get the career stuff. You know, she's, he's, he's a part of her success as well. So she's writing that as much as she can and she's doing what she can to make it work. But everything else just seems like, what, what are you seeing in this guy? He's... He's, he's a tough hang. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not like he uh, reeks of like really good personality or you know maybe Wonderful he family had a lot of cash <laughs> and then but you know it's like yeah you got no cash I'll I'll give you the cash anyway love your kids it's all yeah, good love, uh, yeah but yeah I, I agree like she's the nicest person in the world like just dependable <laughs> always there smart like the way she crunches the numbers and all Savvy. that sort of stuff uh, and I think in saying this though I did kind of feel the chemistry a little bit even if it was just as co-workers between her and rush it was they they played well off each other um that's I think true that really really helped the movie along because without there being some sort of um and it wasn't even a romantic connection that like it was just like these guys are almost like soulmates or really good friends that would work mm. well together not just in a working relationship but you know could keep a house together as well um yeah i think you're right that chemistry was there that's very true Okay, let's uh, see which of the kids you're going to attack next. Well, I just want to have a crack at Arnie Joe first. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. Very, very similar to Roxy. Uh, I suppose her her saving grace in the believability stakes is that, you know, these family members do exist in real life. You know, they, they care for nothing more than everybody else in their family. They'd do anything to get them through a rough patch. So I'll allow it. But again, you know, it's supposed to be Russia's story and, and his story involves two of the most incredible safety nets that you could imagine. Yeah, I mean, she was, she was, she was the true meaning of Christmas. She was the, mm-hmm. the Christmas line throughout this film, um, through the music, through the decorations, her, like, and it wasn't in your face, but through her, her faith and, you know, her one thing she wants for Christmas is that nativity scene and, and constantly that message of family too. So, she was the one that was able to to tie in and keep this a Christmas film and keep it a family film and keep everyone on board. So really cool character that um, definitely helped this film progress. Yeah. So in terms of the kids, I got to start with Jamal, obviously the oldest son or the only son. And I'm sorry, but you're about to go to university. So you're a pretty good age. 
17, 18 years old, and you are acting like a seven-year-old. And, and for him to never truly recognize the predicament that they were in was astounding to me. <laughs> like, you can still have him run away um, because the weight of what's happening is crumbling on him with this, you know, everything going on, everything's happened in his past with his mum. I, 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 they can have that moment still if that's what they really wanted in the film. But for him to be so ungrateful the whole time, basically a young adult was ridiculous um that that unrealistic lack of humility that that came with everything was you know just too much for me yeah i I completely agree and i think i could say almost say the same for every single one of the kids like they're over the topness of the the privilege in these kids yes you can show kids that are privileged but you show that light and shade a little bit where they yeah. still have a good personality or still do things for other people to set them up as characters at least anyway, rather than like a complete turnaround in each and every single one of these kids. It just seems so uh, stark of a, of a contrast. And the the cockiness, as you mentioned, of Jamal, um, like it, it, the expectation from him was he was getting into Harvard, you know, set it up and let's record my reaction video. It just, and realistically, did, I'm not 100% over the, the American college system, but he would have, had to have had really good grades. So getting good grades at his high school isn't necessarily based on his dad's money. And I, I feel like, mm. yes, you need, he obviously needs the money to get in there, but the, the annoyingness throughout um, with the reason at the end, the reason makes sense. hundred percent. The reason makes sense that sure. he doesn't want to go back in that house because that that's yeah. the memories of the mum. But the way that he's so painful through this movie, it doesn't make up for it. Yes. Like maybe drop a few hints throughout about, Exactly. why this is such a, a tough and you know they they try on the staircase and moments like that but it doesn't as an audience member it doesn't click because they haven't set it up that he had a really close connection with his mum which they could have done earlier on in the film and then it would make more sense and probably wouldn't come across as as painful yeah no i agree i think i think he was obviously worse than the other kids a because he was older they should have known better um i i, I did kind of appreciate i think my maya was the the middle middle child um, I think this was done a little bit better than, than Jamal. And I agree that it was just like a really quick turnaround, but she got to the point where she's disappointed. We get to see that she's ungrateful, maybe for a little bit too long, but she has that conversation in rush where she actually responds to logic and she slowly does turn around. And I think that was appreciated because I was getting to a point where I'm like, I think we're just going to have these four brats being brats the whole time. But I did appreciate they had that scene where, she kind of said, and this is a kid thing, like she's only like, I think they even said preteen. So she might even be like 12 years old, but like 13, 14 max, you know, where, where she does have this conversation with her dad, which is like, I, I get it. I'm sorry. We're being brats. And you can, a kid that age can can have that realization. And and I did appreciate that that was done better. But the fact that it wasn't done with like a 17 year old was was tough. I was It was a hard sell. Yeah. Uh, and I think... Maya was probably the obvious one of the one of the kids that was going to be the one that you could probably uh, get that message through to or have that that moment of of you know realization about what's going on because of the way that she communicated from the start of the film, I guess. Um, yeah. But at the same time, like the and I guess they just tried to you know um, Jamal's worried about his education the. Maya's worried about her friends and what they think about her. And they, the twins are obviously so young that they're obsessed with like physical, you know, possession. Yeah. So as like through each kid, we're going to have a privileged look at 
how we deal with those situations. And they obviously just didn't deal with them very well because the whole Instagram <laughs> thing really, um, I was like, oh God, come on. And the fashion <laughs> the clothes. Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> You're showing our age now. True. <laughs> I got no more characters. I just put the twins down there because that, like to me, every moment they're on screen was cringeworthy. I just could not stand their attitude. The dude with the pool, like they're just so like so rude and the mm. idea of them playing lacrosse, it's like, let's just pick the most punsy sport that, you know, rich people play and we'll say they're going to play. And then, you know, they're doing crowdfunding. Please. The crowdfunding got me. Come on, come on. <laughs> Seriously, like I oh, couldn't deal. <laughs> All right. Let's let's move on. I had Marshall down. I'm like, I don't have much to say about him other than yeah. he was just like a yes man. He was just a yes man. That's all he was. <laughs> um, director Leslie Small done a lot of things like Kevin Hart comedy specials and Shaquille O'Neal TV specials and those types of things. And as far as I could tell, it seems like quite an advocate for the African American community. But I haven't seen a lot of stuff he's done. Yeah, same. Fifty seven directing credits. A lot of music videos as well. Um, but mm. yeah, the obviously works well with Kevin Hart did quite a few things with Kevin Hart so possibly friends alright scenes what are some uh, scenes that you enjoyed in this one scenes that I enjoyed this is this is this is lucky to be in there but I, I liked the idea when they spoke about the, the Christmas tree stays outside for three days and, and then how Auntie Joe's kind of like yes because one day you and your mum were too lazy to bring it in and then all of a sudden it became a tradition but I, I do like I think that's super relatable the idea of quirky family traditions that come to the fore for no real reason like it wasn't it wasn't like a big reason why they did it but they kept doing it so i kind of like that that fit in really nicely um and then the only other two scenes that i that i liked were understandably later in the film obviously russian jamal uh at the water when they had their big reconciliation sort of chat and i i I think i the thing that i liked the most about that was when they were talking about the need to remember to retell those stories about their mum, especially around Christmas and, and the time to reflect and remember, and but also the importance of making new memories and, and how Christmas is a perfect time to do that too. So I, I think that hit home really nicely. Uh, and that followed on beautifully with, I thought Christmas morning was just, was just sweet as hell. Um, I thought the necklace was just wonderful, such a nice moment. I even got to the point where then we're in the pajamas that said, all I want for Christmas was you actually really worked for me. Uh, I just wanted this big family. I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted to hang out with them all day on Christmas morning and, and you know, have lunch with them and all that kind of stuff. So they, they captured it really well. <laughs> oh, I have the same. Yeah, at the moment with Jamal and uh, Rush under that Pepsi Cola sign, I think, yeah, I agree. The, sto- the idea of, sh- of continuing stories for the siblings was important. Uh, I agree that the Christmas presents, the matching suits. I like the reveal of like, and as uh, lame as the setups were, like the, the toy ponies for the kids and the Harvard jumper for Jamal and the necklace obviously was, was a great moment. And um, the reveal of those outfits was really cool too. The thing that I really appreciated, and in, if this didn't happen, I was probably going to give this film like zero stars. <laughs> I was so impressed that they actually got Jamal to say sorry to Roxy. If that didn't happen, this this movie would have been a, a disaster for me. So I was impressed. Did they even consider that. it? If, if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that had, had to happen. And it was actually yeah. a good one too. It was a good sorry. It was. And I, like it got so late. I was like, ooh, maybe they're not going to do it. <laughs> they were standing next it. to each I was, other. And... <laughs> I was going to trash this movie. Um, 
<laughs> last. I, I really liked um, Joe singing at the end. Just to finish that film off with that belter of a voice, that was great. I enjoyed that. Too. <laughs> you know what? One thing that annoyed me was like they're all sort of standing there watching her. But no, but <laughs> there was there was another guy who was like it was like the main cast in the family, and I think it was like the old guy who was flirting with Joe. Yeah. Was just like in there with them. I'm like, no, this is not your moment. You're not. You're not part of this crew. <laughs> Don't get me. I think his name was Herbert or something, wasn't it? Hubert. Oh, I can't remember. He was. He got. He, anyway, I feel like he's coming Reginald, up again for Reginald, you at some point. Yeah, he's definitely coming up. <laughs> um, give us some stuff that you didn't like in this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've already harped on about this, but the, the kids being ungrateful for for so long and then so ungrateful and just having absolute no understanding of the situation and Rush kind of not really pushing that either. Just being like, I know, I'm trying. It's like, I'd be like, hey, pull your head in. Like, this is, you guys are acting ridiculous. No one like, really so, pulled them in. He's so scared of him that he wants Joe to tell him that he's lost his job. Like, that's that's the <laughs> sort of parent he was. So that really that was a really bad part of this film, I have to say. Um, I didn't I didn't really like the idea of them having a roadblock with advertisers not being able to advertise on their station. Like, I don't even know how that would even happen. Like, how you would just be like, hey you can't advertise with these people or you'll never advertise with us again, particularly when we're also talking about national radio versus the local breakfast radio. Like it's, it's their competitors to some extent, but you'd think the national one would have much bigger fish to fry than to worry about this. So that, that felt really forced and, and really unrealistic. Um, speaking of unrealistic, when they first went to that radio station and they're like, oh, we're going on air in a few days. And that was a bomb site. There was only two of them working there. None of them actually seemed to do any work because they were just dealing with family stuff the whole time. Like <laughs> there was an enormous <laughs> job to do that no one actually did. And all of a sudden they had all this stuff and it's like it was, you know, it just, just didn't work for me. Um, I, I agree. And it was like the, the set of that, that studio was just like a room with like black curtains around it. It was so cheap. <laughs> The final thing for me is when they were confessing their love for each other in this really small, classy restaurant, oh dancing in the middle of the room. <laughs> yeah. He firstly got everyone's attention, which they, they were just clearly got their dinners ruined. And then everyone kind of stopped listening, went back to their own meals, and they were just dancing. They were, everyone was eating around them. What, what a shocking scene. Who, who thinks that's the right way to do this scene? That was awful. And then they, they, didn't, they didn't kiss just once. Then they started full going at it while everyone's eating their <laughs> dinner. And they're just like full like kissing and... Like, oh, that was so poor. It was Someone's so got to like, stand in at some point and say, we need to rewrite this scene. It, like, it could have been a good scene because it started off well, the joke from the waiter about, I uh, was it um, wine for lovers? And then, like, that speech was horrendous. It wasn't funny. It was trying to go Why? for the punchline and the joke. It wasn't funny. And then, yeah, obviously, dancing and full-on kiss <laughs> this tiny little dancing. restaurant where... <laughs> I, if I was there, I'd find it so hard not to, like, laugh at them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, what the hell's wrong with these people? Yeah. Um, so that's me. There's probably more. I'm looking forward to hearing what you got. Yeah. Hold on to your braces. Brace yourself. Um, <laughs> um, so we've discussed this many, many times on this podcast. To start this film off with Rush, messages on the screen with his daughter in the other room, straight away I was like, okay, this film sucks. <laughs> really, really annoyed me. 
Like you're texting your, your seven-year-old daughter about her wanting ponies for Christmas. That's how you start a film. Really good. I was way really to confused with that. Really yeah. good way to engage an audience. Really engaging. I, um, I didn't know if they were in a different house. I didn't yeah. know what. Like, didn't, it also, it was like five a.m., but it was like sunny. <laughs> yeah, and there was part and like that idea of rush. Like they're rushing around the kitchen at the start, and you didn't know like who Roxy was to start who off with. Is and everyone? Yeah. Up, and it was just like. <laughs> He's been texting, so is he split up with his wife because the kids yeah, are in the house? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Not a good setup. Uh, and this is one of those kids' moments. You spoke about how frustrating they were. There are, there are a couple of times where they all just like are in a scene where they're laughing together, and the laughing was like so fake around the table, like when they're having dinner. And then there's like a scene where they make a comment about, you know, maybe Jamal could go to community college. And they all just like, ah, ha, 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 ha. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't know how those twins got nominated for anything. Um, <laughs> Razzies for kids. Um, just the boss. Just, just the boss. Any scene with her was ridiculous. And you mentioned that idea about her blocking the ads, but the that boardroom scene where she actually fire rush mm. was just really lame. And then that drunk scene with her and Marshall. Drunk scene. Yeah. Not bad. That was really bad. It's really bad. Strange. Uh, nothing. Strange. Nothing came from that either. No. I was like, oh, cool. And because Marshall was like, oh yeah, cool. I'm I'm in with this chick. And then it was just like. Oh, yeah, I'm leaving. I, wake, <laughs> I wake up with a hangover and I'm leaving. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, how did he wake up either? That was kind of weird too because I feel like he woke up at night. I don't know. Um, there's a scene where Roxy sits there with Rush. This is like after their final show on the air and she says to Rush, rise above it, be my star, and then holds his hand. That was just who writes that shit um you wanted to say the worst line then you realize actually that's pretty bad there's more <laughs> um, i didn't didn't like this rush seeing paula like his his uh, wife in the car and then having this conversation with her on the porch what really got me about this was her telling him that it was okay to be with roxy like that she's a good mm. woman i understand that that's an important thing in life but i didn't need like a a ghost version of her to do that um there was more it's a very good point there was more to the movie that, that could have been done that you didn't need that. Um, also, Roxy and Rush getting together, I, I didn't feel an issue with him having a, a former deceased wife. It wasn't, it wasn't a barrier no. for me. Exactly. Uh, the voiceover of Rush telling that Christmas story of the kids while tucking them in, and it came it popped in multiple times. Oh, like, yeah. Lame, lame as shit. Um, sorry, lame. I've heard that word yeah. a few times. Uh, the playing of the family videos on the couch with the kids on the staircase, this could have been like, it had the ability to be a great moment. But again, that tantrum from Jamal just ruined the whole thing. It just wasn't done like nicely. Um, I suppose there's the indication that he is struggling with yeah. the death of your mum. Exactly. Um, it just wasn't done very well. We spoke, you spoke breath about him before, that Reginald guy, just showing this oh, yeah. love interest for Joe so late in the film. Just wasn't needed. Didn't like, mm. you didn't need her, like her to have anyone. She was happy with her family. It wasn't about that she needed to find love. This movie wasn't about that. So adding that in, not good. And having that scene with him was actually great. Like, irregardless of his win with Joe, he was just like, hey, how, how friendly is this nice neighborhood guy? Didn't have to do anything with Joe. Well, he could say, it, yeah, I know her, but. Yeah, and it probably backs up the idea that, I think I got the idea that all the neighbors want to help Joe out because they know how, how yeah. nice she is. So you didn't need yeah. that. Um, well, that community feel full stop. Yeah. A rush going looking for Jamal, rocking up to their sold house that wasn't sold and then ripping down the sold sign and throwing a hissy fit. I com- like, that's like a Wayne Brothers sort of comedic moment that just is rubbish. The neighbour. Why was the neighbour yeah, yelling yeah. at him? For no reason. <laughs> no reason. 
exactly. Um, and this was a bit on the nose. Maya, like learning, like going on that walking trip with Roxy to find Jamal and having her little moments of learning about the Christmas good and stuff with the lady on the street with a baby and, you know, she works and working on Christmas Day. You know, who would work on Christmas? All that sort of stuff. That baby was literally just a rolled up towel that the chick oh, was yeah. putting in and out There's of the a lot of towel. Oh, man. Make it look real. <laughs> and then, uh, and then finally, yeah, just that idea of Marshall waking up and having his moment of "I'm heartless, so I'm going to turn it around." Crap, that's it. <laughs> kind of felt like that was coming all along, though. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so too. All right, well, let's talk about uh, some themes and some ideas that you can take away from this one. Yeah, they're not terribly subtle, if I'm honest. Um, but they're nice. They're very common. We see them a lot in, in Christmas movies, but. The idea of recognizing what is important and particularly recognizing that family is important, a lot more important than any material goods and money that you've got. And uh, they've literally made a movie about that notion. So it's, it's a strong <laughs> one. Um, I think there's a, a more subtle theme of uh, airing and sharing grief. They, they both, both Jamal and Rush kind of realize that they, they probably kept it closed off too much. Rush mentioning that he tried to, you know, keep it, keep it sheltered from his kids and Jamal kind of just didn't really know how to, how to display it. He was pretty young at the time. Um, being grateful for what you have. It's always a nice one, not necessarily particularly Christmas, but it's always a good time to take stock of that kind of stuff. Um, and let's not forget the importance of noticing that Instagramable moments aren't just material goods. You can, you can have Instagramable moments about your family and all the good things in your life, not just what you got for Christmas. Um, did she? T- I think she tagged the um, the brand that made the matching outfits. So did she? So, bit of, a, oh, bit of, of course she did. But she's <laughs> no, she an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Ah, uh, yeah. The, the, the idea of true meaning of Christmas too. That you mentioned at the family, having faith a little bit through Joe, and that the material goods. So that quote that they've mentioned multiple times. It's not what you got. It's what you got around you. Um, yes. The idea to like, that, that should have been the tagline. Should that. What a, we should make a movie seriously let's, let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, success not going to your head as well um, single parenting the idea of and you mentioned this too males not necessarily showing their emotions the right way um, and corporations buying out consolidating wiping out these little locals and independence and things like that too um, yeah they didn't do a great job of going into that in detail. <laughs> no, just, just that uh, big, big rich happens. companies have mean leaders. That's... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Very mean. Very mean people. Very mean. All right. What did you take away from this film? <sighs> to be honest, the, the soft, mushy ending is kind of what stays with me. It, it made me feel very Christmassy. And, you know, that's exactly what you want to get when you put these movies on, you know, 10 days before Christmas or whatever. And obviously, if I if I wasn't doing this podcast and dissecting it a little bit more with you, uh, I probably would be leaving it with a much more positive outlook. And I'm kind of glad I went back and thought, actually, this is super flawed. But um, it did leave me feeling really good. I'm, I'm exactly like I'm exactly the same with that that idea though. Like I finished the film like, oh, that actually didn't turn out to be as bad as I thought it was. And then going back looking at the film where I was like, oh God, this was bad. Um, but no, I, for me, Sonequa Martin-Green, like how bloody good is she? She is like, she can transform like the performances that she gives in. So I've obviously, I've, I've mentioned before, I like Star Trek. She's the lead in Star Trek Discovery, plays Michael Burnham, who's a very down the line um, 
character who doesn't show much emotion and very, you know, uh, switched on. And then she goes and plays a role like this. It's just so nice to see her doing different things. Really, really rate her. IMDb, did you jump on to check anyone out? I jumped on for Sonequa Martin-Green. I was hoping you'd go really <laughs> quickly to that segue. <laughs> and it's so funny, similar to what you said, because she was in The Walking Dead, real kind of badass in The Walking Dead, which very, very different again to who she is in this. And I haven't watched Star Trek, but from what it sounds like, very different. So she's got she's got the chops. She can, uh, she can blend in very nicely to whatever she's doing. I actually watched a few press videos of this film to try and find out anything about it. She's just so inconvenient troll like the idea of doing a christmas movie and then trying to do a press tour for it you know it'd be it'd be a difficult thing to get the right questions of just, oh why'd you choose this movie but you, you actually really believe everything she's saying and um particularly all the what she was talking about with the reference to the black community was was really strong so um she was who i i mean they beat it was a good one because i realized it straight away i'm like oh that's who it is she was also lebron's wife space, in, in space, space jam, jam but i don't really remember her in that at all to be honest so oh, minor role uh, I I looked up um, Romani Melko because I was like real familiar face and he was he was like a the one of the leads in Weeds a TV show that oh, I yeah. watched with my wife like fifteen years ago when it first came out so um, how old is he yeah. um, he doesn't look like no. yeah no he was yeah he was um, Weeds was a good show for the first few seasons but uh, yeah. yeah that's where he's from all right did you have any questions that you wanted to ask. I do have a question to ask you, not about the movie per se, but inspired by the movie. Does your family have any Christmas traditions? Uh, yeah, we used to, uh, not as much as we were when I was growing up. We used to do, take it in turns between my mum's place and my auntie's place. And um, we'd always um, do Christmas Eve. Um, everyone would stay the night. We'd do Christmas oh, stories. Yeah. The, the tradition of the story was you, you read a Christmas story and then um, when you read the book, if someone speaks, then you stop the book and you go all the way back to the start and start again. So often take us a couple of hours to read the Christmas story before bedtime. That's really cool. <laughs> Put the stockings out, all that sort of stuff. And the weird tradition that we had was, so you wake up and you get Santa's presents, but you weren't allowed to open presents from under the tree until after lunch. After lunch, okay. Torture, torture as a kid. Yeah. Absolute torture, it's- yeah. It is funny, the older you get, the more I'm happy to prolong the idea that I've got a present. I love it. A present is so good until you unwrap it and you know where it is. I love the idea of the unknown. I'm happy to wait because I like I like knowing it. But that's a really cool tradition. I like that. What about you? Any, uh, any good ones? Uh, not, not as good as that. Um, we always we always have um, croissants for breakfast. It's very random. It's like we, we just don't eat croissants. I don't eat croissants that much in life, but we always have croissants for breakfast. We still do this. You know, obviously, I'm an an adult now as is my brother, but we still have our, our Santa sack of presents that we have on the floor that uh, back in the day, we'd obviously put it out the night before Christmas and then you'd wake up in the morning and see it all full. That was just the most incredible feeling. <laughs> but now we obviously got to get to my parents' house. The Santa sacks are on the floor all full. We've got to sit on the floor and open them up <laughs> and things like that. And it's um, Christmas is so cool for that kind of stuff. Yeah, true. I've, I forgot. We always used to watch the carols too on Christmas Eve. That was that's always a was a tradition. I did that as a youngster too? Yeah. yeah, I haven't done that for years though. There was one. There was one year where it was when Moulin Rouge came out, and um, <laughs> we watched Moulin Rouge on Christmas Eve instead. And so that was the end of the tradition. We all cracked it because we're like we're supposed to be watching the carols. And I think, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 
<laughs> Much more version of Christmas <laughs> Eve. Random, very random. <laughs> All right, I, I sort of did my question before, so we're we're ready to oh, yeah. finish finish this one off and give the film a rating out of five. What are your final thoughts for Christmas Rush? Yeah, I mean to bring out my Christmas spirit, despite watching this in the middle of the year, I think it does say something, and I got to I got to applaud it for that. I was actually really tempted to give this three stars because as a, how I felt when this movie ended. But, you know, I feel like I'd be doing it a bit of a disservice to, to give it a three. So I'm going to stick with two and a half stars at the moment. But if I watch this again in December one year and it gets me going, then it deserves its uptick because it has done its job despite its flaws. Yeah, I'm like on the same page with I had a, had a rating when I finished watching the film and then after I'm like, oh, I need to bring it down a little bit. So, yeah, I think cause the majority of the film was really frustrating. Mm-hmm. But to get that nice message and the nice part at the end, I guess you needed a lot of that stuff earlier, but they probably could have just yeah. done it a bit better. Oh yeah. And that's, absolutely. that's probably like, if you do that stuff better, then it's a much better film. So I think the, the two leads were great. The supporting adult cast were pretty good as well. Like Joe and um, yep. Marshall, the kids really let it down for me. Um, and but it was probably more from what they were given to perform than having a whack. Oh yeah. Tough. Yeah. Bad, bad writing in that sense. Yeah, so I, I was torn. I was really torn on this. I sat on it for a bit. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a two. Nah, I'm giving it a one and a half. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> one and a half out of five. Done. Oh, <laughs> okay, yeah. that's yeah. Wow. So lucky it lucky it landed it landed its ending. Yeah, and lucky that you gave it two and a half, which gives us a two. That sits it's where it should sit. Below the average yeah. of the uh, general public, though. Ooh. It's a bit nasty. Forty uh, percent. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh let's plug our socials: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Question uh, that I want to put out there for this one is: uh, Do you have a radio show that you always tune into? Like, do you have a a team of radio hosts or anything that you really listen to? Not really. Um, I think those days are a little bit gone. I think. Well, I do like to listen to the the Saturday Rub on Triple M when I can. Uh, which are the the pre footy show. Um. Yep. I do like those guys that the mix between humor and and otherwise I'm I'm a, I'm a triple M man in general, but that's about it. How about you? It's weird because like you know, growing up, radio was probably more of a thing. Where in the morning I'd always listen to um, Matt and Matt Tilly, and it was Joe and I think yeah, and Joe, yeah. Tracy Tracy before that, and then um, Hamish and Andy. I'd always have them mm. on the radio. And I, you know, realistically now that's one of the podcasts that I do listen to every week, which is still a part of that but obviously they've switched from from radio to podcast form anyway so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing that um you know kyle and jackie o they were they were a big thing um in my youth as well always listen to them but those commutes were you kind of unrivaled you you had like five choices to listen to on on the radio um and you picked one and you liked it and you kept listening to it yeah i think and realistically that that still is the case like i drive a bit to work to and from every day Sometimes I'll, I'll have a radio show, but mainly I'm just listening to podcasts. Yeah, you, it's so yeah. many, so much more choice, so many more competitors for them. Exactly. Good. All right. Well, um, we're back again next week. We're getting towards the end of 2019. We've got a international film next week. I think it's our first Filipino film. It's a thriller. It's called Dead Kids. It's directed I hate that title. by. Yeah, it's not good. Not good I've title. seen it on our list, and it just yeah. <laughs> shocking. Title. It's directed by Mikhail Red. It stars Sue Ramirez, Khalil Ramos or Ramos, and Marcus Patterson. So 
I'll talk about next week. Intrigued. I am intrigued, though. I, I, I definitely, definitely came to watch it, but I just, I don't know how that passes the pub test when someone's like, what should we call it? Oh, what's called, what's called Dead Kids? And it's like, yeah, ah, that's that's the one. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm going in to watch a movie that's got dead kids in it. It's going to be... <laughs> yeah, and it might not. It might be like, we watched, We might watch the film and go, that is a wonderful title. Yeah. But you, you got to get people in in the first place. True. Well, we're in because we've got no choice. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, as always. It was a good chat. Probably went a lot longer than we thought for this film. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for sticking at it. And uh, I'll see you next week. I will see you then. 